Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hello, and welcome to Feel This. Hello. Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. We've had a little bit of a break. Yep. Yeah, we've been busy with side projects, other projects for a minute. Yeah. All right. So we'll get started how we start each episode with a short guided presence. So taking this moment here together to bring our awareness away from the outer world, our typical outwardly focused attention we're going to turn that attention completely around and bring our awareness towards our inner experience of being. And we do that through first focusing on our senses. It's one of the easiest ways to begin to focus inwardly. So first we can notice the experience of sound and allowing your attention to notice what it's like to experience sound in this moment. The experience of hearing the sound of my voice, the experience of hearing any sounds where you are in your environment in this moment. Allowing yourself to experience sound as vibration itself. So a helpful way to do this is to pick one ear and even one point on one ear. and allow yourself to feel the vibrations of sound making contact with your ear. Almost as if imagining you're feeling sound touching you rather than hearing sound, you're feeling, experiencing being touched by the vibrations of sound waves in your environment. Shift our senses to our sense of vision. Noticing here, one, right away, noticing what moved as you shifted your awareness from hearing to vision. So noticing as you shift, as your awareness shifts, what is it that's actually shifting? And I put out that energy, that shifting is our awareness itself. That is what we are moving around. 
are able to to focus on different senses and experiences of being. Turn now noticing your experience, your awareness as it lives in vision. And you can do this with your eyes open or eyes closed. With all our senses, it's always really interesting to focus on edges, like the edge between light and dark if your eyes are closed. And you can do this by softening your eyes and allowing yourself to notice light. And if you notice some area that feels that you can sense light, Softly let your eyes move to the edge of that light. And just let your awareness reside on that edge between light and dark and notice what that's like. also put to you if you spend time really paying attention to your senses like this whole realms of experience will open up to you in your senses i'll also say this holds true for pretty much everything in life whatever we put our bare attention on in a really open curious way will begin to open up more and more, we will discover more and more in whatever we are putting our attention to. And what's important here is more of the quality of our attention, which is a soft openness. It's not a grasping, seeking, trying, because that's not quite seeing or listening at all. So we want to soften that and just pay attention on, to our pure experience. One thing I often notice as well in this space is the pure experience of being, when we are with it without expectations or trying to make it into something it's not, the pure experience of being in and of itself is pleasurable, is rewarding. And when we can slow down and just experience being here in the now, and our mind's not seeking for something in the moment and just experiencing what is, we have more ability to experience the contentment of just simply being in any moment, like this one. So we'll stop there and check in with you, Jess, and me, and see what comes alive as we just stay here in the moment together, really explore what happens in our consciousness. So welcome, everyone. Yeah. So checking in, I am feeling at that 
nervous system state of tired but overstimulated, a little bit fussy, where I could easily flip to just falling asleep, but mostly busy in my mind. So it was really helpful to do the meditation. But as I got more grounded, I could feel a little bit, I'm not feeling tired right now, but a little bit of that need for some mental rest. So I'll try and just stay tuned to how that's affecting this space, how it's showing up. And I've been on a really good kind of roller coaster the last month or so with creating a website. And last night, I put out my first social media post from this new space where I'm approaching it differently. I'm not pushing myself into it. And it's really brought up a lot. And I've taken my time with that, even though I put the post out like a week later than I intended to. Yeah, it's been quite a ride and I'm feeling really proud of myself. I'm also feeling quite in a very vulnerable feeling. Yeah, I know I'm a little bit tender and almost like parts of me are waiting to hear if it would be helpful to go into some of the things I used to use when I would get vulnerable and a contraction that follows expansion. Like you're not doing it right. And why is this so hard? And, you know, self-critical thoughts and they're, they're waiting at the sides. Like we're here for you. We're here to give you a hard time as soon as you need us. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. We just did a really big thing yesterday. I'm good for the moment, you know, but coming into this space, I could feel that like performative. What do you have to say? Why are you here? What do we even do? You know, all that kind of quote unquote, helpful self-talk was present. And now that we're actually here, I'm just feeling like I can be here. I can just one, one present moment at a time. So, so that's me. Yeah. One present moment at a time. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to attempt to hold on any of my reactions to what you just shared and, and see what's here outside of that. And then maybe we can come back to that, how I'm responding to you. But just for a check-in, I am feeling, I have a lot of energy in outside creative stuff, mostly music. However, in this moment, I feel this real strong sense of that being far back. It's hard to explain because I literally was working on music two minutes before I hopped on here. So my it's not that I'm it's off of my mind. It's very much present in my energy, but there's a real strong switch that's happened here, which feels really good, which is this desire to be really present to this experience with you here on the podcast. And I think it's in part that we haven't done one in a few weeks, month or something. So 
my attention is really forward here in the now and very curious about what's here. And what I'm noticing, independent of the content that you brought, I was noticing there were parts of me that were a little hesitant to enter in into relationship. They were almost protective of my own inner space of energy. I've got this bubble happening that feels really good. And I there, there was almost a sort of protectiveness to it. There was a unsureness in my own system, which feels a little surprising, but okay. And there's a little concern about how this will land on you, but I'll feel very caring because I know it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just I'm reporting what my parts are bringing, what I'm noticing inside my own consciousness. In that protectiveness, there's this sense of, ooh, I don't know where Jess is. And there was a less, maybe a sense of not feeling fully trusting in my own system to have energetic boundaries. And I, I think this is in part, so let me try and make that more explicit a concern that, oh, if Jess is in a difficult space, am I going to be able to keep my own ground of being? Or am I going to, by a felt necessity, a believed necessity, or by default, feel like I need to tend to you if you're not in a good space? And as I say that, my awareness of my relationship to doing healing work, that's really prominent. I I noticed yesterday I was really flat and when I was talking to my partner, Wendy, and it's not always so clear, but I'm like, you know, I do think some of my relationship with my clients has this impact on me because I'm, if, if my clients are really struggling and I see four or five people in a row and I'm really in a deep, open-hearted, empathetic, connected space with them, it's like I've just trudged through a lot. And then to come out of it, it's a little bit sometimes really challenging to then be like, okay, great. I'm just great. You know, it's even though I felt that way before I entered in. And so I was noticing a little caution inside myself, like, Ooh, I don't know. And I, I don't know. There was a little maybe internal, not trusting that I would be able to not to hold my own space in that I'm, I'm repeating myself now. So I'll stop. Yeah. So, yeah, what you're bringing feels very enlivening to me. Like, I guess coming in here because it's been a minute, I, I had some assumptions that maybe I wasn't really that aware of that, that there would be content to share or something like that, that you'd be over there and I'd be over here. And somehow what you're bringing right now, it feels like zoomed me into the center space with you. Um, and that feels enlivening, feels good. And I appreciate the clarity and the honesty of what you're naming, the truth of co-regulation and its effect on you. I mean, not that it's just co-regulation, but that's a shorthand that two humans come together and there's a kind of a natural tendency to move. And it's also part of your job is to, to move into the space where people are struggling and to be with them in that. And you and I work together in that, you know, 
in that space. So it all just makes sense. And, and I appreciate the honesty of it. Yeah, I'll pause there. Yes, enlivening feels like a really good word. That felt reassuring to my nervous system hearing you say that. And when you said the piece about you assumed to some degree that we'd have a lot of content, so there would be the sense of me being in my bubble and you being in your bubble energy. When I was saying that hesitation in me that I was noticing, that's where the hesitation wanted to go. It wanted to go, let just be in her bubble. That was its safe space was just can be in, we'll do parallel play, right? You'll do, you'll play over there and you'll name what's going on for you. And I'll be over here and I'll name what's going on for me. And we'll keep that separate. That was the safe place of, I can keep my ground in that. But there was a sense of, that's not why I'm here. There, that's not what I want to do here. There's a higher calling, if you will, of presence here that I choose, want, it's why I'm here more than to just do some me chat and you do some you chat and that's great, but there's something higher here that my system was lifted towards. And that of course is the now and the we chat, right? That what, what are we feeling in the moment, but then also what's happening relationally. And there is a little part that's like, oh, dude, <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing there's a, a, I think this is a little bit of work hangover that's happening, a little bit of, I don't wanna go into other people's bubbles because I don't always like what people have in their bubbles. It doesn't always feel good to me. And there's a young parts of me that like, can we protect that? So it feels to me naming this explicitly, consciously with you is a way of doing a both end where I'm learning to do the both end right now to, to both be in a conscious, present, attuned relationship with you, Jess, here in the moment with the other, but it, in the other in this moment is actually you. And also not give up my own sense of autonomy and relationship to my own experience in the moment. One more little quick thing I'll say, as I've been saying both, as I talk both times, even though there was a part of me worried how it would land on you, like, ooh, will this feel bad on Jess? As I was saying the words, I, I was feeling, Jess knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, you talk about having the experience I'm having very often. It's something that you are very aware of how do you, when you come in relationship and they have things going on in their bubble, this is a struggle for you as well. So I was just like, oh, Jess empathizes with this totally. I don't know if you're having the experience of empathy, but I was, I guess I was having an experience of empathy with you, knowing that you, there's a place in you that very much knows exactly what I'm sitting with in this regard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, but of course that's true. And I'm glad that you thought of it because that's the kind of thought when I'm on your side that is very calming, like, oh, right. This is not something weird to this person. I'm noticing, so I'd like to meet you, not just in what you're saying, but maybe take the invitation that you've offered by doing what you're doing to do my own version of like, 
what's really going on for me right now here in this space with you. And what I'm noticing is, like I said, I felt zoomed into the middle space with what you shared and into the we. And in the we, unlike you, or at least I think, unlike you, unlike your description that the music, which you had temporally just left behind, but you feel energetically like it's far away, right? Because you're really entering into the space and that felt good to you. For me, I'm aware that even though I'm right here in the we space, energetically, I feel almost like part of me is looking over my shoulder out of that space. And I'm like watching that and feeling curious about that. And I noticed a couple things that are just to let you in on it, but also to, to place the listener into the space of what's happening here. It has been three or four weeks or something since we recorded, I think our last podcast, maybe it's been that long. It's been a minute. And we had intentionally created a space for the things that for you to work with your music. And I used that time to really work on my website and all the stuff that I'm doing over there. And I noticed during this time that I was doing a thing that's very common for me to do, which is to start, I guess it's like a, it's like a mentally feeling like something in me is feeling very on shaky ground. Like, what do we do here? I start questioning everything. I think it's parts of me that this is a thinking part that's going, what is happening? Parts of me are preparing for abandonment. And so I start jettisoning. That's a hard one to say preemptively. So it's like, I'm, I've got parts that are like, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal. But yeah. It's these little defenses and these little like dumping cold water on something energetically. And so coming back into this space, one of the thoughts is like, especially since I've been working on my website and I'm like, I'm really good at this. I really like doing this. This is, these are areas where I feel more on solid ground in who I am than in this space where I know if I forget about what we're doing and I forget about like any sort of intention, I just have the intention of staying in the present moment. Like there are parts of me, I know how to do that. And I know how to keep coming forward in relation to myself and to you in this space. But outside of looking at this website, I don't really know why I'm doing it in a way, like the way you feel, it feels to me that why you're doing it. You have intention and I'm not going to put words on it, but, and you can do that if you want. For me, it's more like, yeah, sure. Let's try that thing. Okay. And I know I enjoy doing it, but when I'm not in the middle of doing it, I don't have a part of me that's clear of what my value is or what my intention is, or what my goals are. And so that feels really strong in my head, in a headspace. There was this little break in recording, and there's parts of me that are like, all right, get ready. It might be about to end. Well, then maybe you could end it first. Saying all that feels like a version of what you were saying. Like, I'm afraid it's going to feel hurtful to you or rejecting or scary. And it might. And so I have care, like I can feel the care that's not 
why I'm bringing it up. It feels like, oh, I could have just kept this to myself. And part of me thinks if I kept it to myself, that would have been better for the relationship. But I don't actually believe that's true. That was a lot. And I'm going to pause. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely know that's not true, that you keeping it to yourself would be better for the relationship or the podcast or our relationship to the podcast and to the listeners. I, I absolutely know that is untrue. And so I feel joy at having hear all that. Everything you said felt very enlivening is a really good word to me. I didn't feel hurt at all. I feel very much a sense of so much possibility and value. I feel literally there are probably about four jump off points from what you said that I, four different parts that want to respond. And even in that itself is a really, I'm fascinated by that. Well, then how do I slash we make that choice? These And, and just approaching each moment of relationship and decision with a level of consciousness and curiosity for the experience of being in relationship itself. All of that feels really exciting. So I want to say, I'm going to highlight it to two things that feel really important to me. And I'm going to say the last first, but I think the last is more important. So I was just going to say it so we remember it, which is the why. You, but the last thing you were talking about is the why. Like why you were saying you, Frank, seem to be very clear about the why as to why this is important, why you want to do this, what you're doing and why. And there's a yes in me to that. And then there was a, I don't think I've really made that really clear. And then there was a sense of talking about that. One, it felt synchronous that, well, we've taken a break, like we're coming back to a second season. And it would seem like that actually makes a perfect sense time to have a conversation like that. And it's wonderful that we haven't planned it, but here it is. So I'm going to put a bookmark on that and come and circle right back to it. It feels important. The other piece that's more relational and continuing the thread of whether I checked in about where you are and where I was coming in terms of having a little concern about losing my sense of autonomy and relationship, essentially. And you started talking and you were saying, you, Frank, have put what's behind you and you're really here while you just feel that's quite over your shoulder and but you keep checking over your shoulder and so there was a really interesting moment when i was listening to you and you were expressing that spatially you were looking over your shoulder and i could see that energy in the room and there was a moment very natural for me where I felt totally welcoming of that, where I felt, oh, that's what's here. There's this energy behind you and you are in an active relationship with that energy behind you. you. One might use the word distracted, that that feels a little too extreme, but that would be a fair note to just describe it. 
and I'm here with you, and I have this mindset that very easily drops into, well, that's what is. And you and I, Jess, can make the space big enough to hold all of that, that this now is you here, and you are looking over your shoulder, and I'm relating to you with that. And that felt very natural and very good, except there was this also this sense of that part of me that feels lost. That's part of how he gets lost in some ways. That's part of the where the rubber meets the road for me. Because while that all sounds wonderful, at the same time, when I do that, I'm, I'm focused a little bit more on you. In that picture that I'm drawing, the picture that I see, Jess is not as present, so I have to be more present. Now, that's not true, but that's a true story that my mind is making up. That's the narrative. Oh, Jess isn't as present, so I have to be a little bit more present to make the space bigger so that I can hold what I want, which is more of a we space. And I want to be 100% clear that I am. Not, I don't believe that. I believe that to be a story that I'm making up, because even as I say it, all of these little wisps of memory of my core relational relationships with my parents are whispering in like, oh, that sounds like my relationship with my father. His attention was all on these other things. So I had to bring more attention to keep the relational connection. I had to be focused on what he was focusing on so I can continue to feel in relationship to him because I wasn't feeling his attention towards me or towards what was happening between us in the moment. So that's a trauma place that's coming up here for, and then that the story that generates on top of it then gets projected onto this now, which is why I'm being really clear to take ownership of that. Both of those felt really alive and important to me, but the first one was more relational, and I wanted to connect to that and see how that bounced off you, what did that bring up. But I definitely want to circle back, maybe in part two of this episode, to talk about the why together. So I'll stop there. That one that was a big chunk. So I'm excited about the why question. I'm excited about whatever you have to bring and even just what your answer is. And giving more space inside myself to the parts of me that say they don't know why they're here. Clearly, I keep coming and I keep enjoying myself. And so anyway, I have all kinds of kind of curiosity and thoughts. And also, again, just it feels good to dilate the space around a place in me that has other aspects, more managerial parts say, this is threatening, this is hurtful, this is problematic, let's shove it away. And, and so it takes a little more awareness to bring it from a far distant peripheral vision, like go, oh, you're here. And actually you're not so scary as I thought. And I think it's probably good to welcome you in. So that feels exciting and, and curious about what you have on the side of the question of why. So the, the thing that right now that's really jumping out from what you shared about, it was very interesting to hear you describe. So when you dilated the space around me and my quote unquote distraction, which is at least in part an accurate statement. It felt more like almost a defense, like I'm afraid to be totally here because I'm afraid here doesn't exist anymore or it's going to fall apart. So I got to have like a backup plan, right? So it's a purposeful distraction in a way, protective. So 
you're dilating the space for me and my distraction so that you can continue to see it as a part of the we. That was really fascinating. It was one thing for you to name that it was a thing that could happen, almost like, like at first I thought you were saying to me, this is also a possibility for my mental framework. But the idea that you were making the space bigger and that it kind of sources and to some extent to your history with being with a parent figure who wasn't able to be fully present, which I know a lot about and really resonated with how you described that. I found it, it was almost like I had a part that came up that was like, you're not allowed to make the space bigger around me for your purposes. That's my job. That's my thing to include. I got a little like protective of my autonomy and my agency, almost like, like I imagine people with me feel frequently when I am, and I don't know if you would define it like this is a shorthand, it's a jargon word, but for me, when I get codependent with someone and I feel their defenses come up energetically or directly saying, I didn't ask you to take care of me, mm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, but I have to take care of you or the relationship will fall apart or something bad will happen and I won't get my needs met. And so it felt really surprising that's what you are doing. And is the surprise like really obvious? I guess because somehow I think of myself as doing that kind of thing, but I don't think of you as doing that kind of thing. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pause there. Yeah. It feels what, well, there's this little voice of like, of, oh, am I doing something wrong or bad as you were talking about you know, codependency? Cause we, have a common connotation that being codependent is off the mark. So it's quote unquote bad. So there was a little flavor of, oh, am I doing something wrong or bad? Very small. I would say like four, four out of a hundred level. Uh, but what I wanted to clarify actually before, and it really where my rest or clarity, that movement that happened in me, of expanding the space to include felt both in IFS terms, self-led and parts-led. They felt to be both in that. And the degree to which it felt self-led was my internal response to, like that moment of that just happening was very pure and natural and was not intended to do anything for you. It was a clear seeing. Oh, that is what is here. This is what is there. There is not a boundary in my of that that the way my parts are seeing it in this clear way. That is what is here, and there is a natural embracing of that, and that is a useful, really good. There is a lot of self energy, and it was not the way I was a that was that may have been way down underneath when I was a child and acting that as a strategy that may have been like way down there, that self-led version of it, but it was predominantly pressured by need, fear, wanting to keep the attention because I didn't have enough of it or wanting some reassurance that I had value through my parents' attention. That's not here that there's, it was the opposite energy where it felt 
96%. Oh, natural expansion of awareness, inclusion. And this little bit of tug underneath it that I could feel that is, I have to do this too help the other so that they can all of that quote unquote more codependent more parts led can use a lot of different terms here more based in trauma experience underneath so i could feel and sense into in the same behavior in the same action in the same choice again what, what word you want to choose there both a self-led higher self form of it and a lesser, more traumatized, lesser in terms of development, earlier development, younger energy in that. And that you would have a reaction to the latter is absolutely appropriate and good and makes total sense. And there would be a wall wanting for that feedback and an understanding, of course, because that is part of where that comes from. And that's why there was that little alarm or a little warning that went off in my mind like oh hold on this is that thing that's happening you're losing yourself right it, not a hundred percent because some of it was just very natural giving and conducive to, to relationship some of it a lot of it but not a whole of it and that's where I really like we did in the meditation looking at that line where's that line between the light and the dark Right, and just following where are the edge, where's the line of that edge? And this that's a perfect space there as well. Oh, where's that edge between that open conscious space? And where's that edge from that to what is more traumatized or still holding something that really needs attention and care so it can move through? And finding that edge point is a it's a great place to be aware of. And that's what we're doing here. We're allowing ourselves to engage. From my perspective, we're allowing ourselves to engage to find these little lines and then be able to bring them, put light on them, care for them. Our protective selves want to avoid the whole thing, like the parts you were talking about before that were like, don't mention any of this stuff. That's going to be bad. Don't bring up, do you know what I'm talking about when you were saying when your parts were, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll stop there. Yeah, I was taking in what you were saying, and and this is a little more conceptual, so I want to just for myself be mindful and not get too lost there. But I want to clarify, just say it simply. I have that part of me that wants to sum it up, and we'll see if I can do that or not. That what I'm hearing you describing is... When we're young, everything is black and white, life or death, right or wrong. It's very simple. And as we get older, especially as we move out of our trauma and we have healing and we have healthy internal attachment and all these wonderful things we're going for, that the world becomes more nuanced and more complex. And so there's room for all the stuff. Doesn't have to be good or bad. And you were bringing forward something that was sourced in trauma. It was a very small percentage in that larger space of complexity and, and room for everything. And that's what the spaces that we create here in part, that's a big part, maybe coming back to the why, is creating space for as much as 
it makes sense in this particular we creating space for whatever's here. And so it was, I was suddenly seeing that rather than you having a part coming forward and dilating to include my distraction so that you felt safer, which was a piece, a small piece of what was happening, that it was almost more like from a self-led place, from a non-traumatized, more fully realized part of yourself, that you were just seeing what was already there, which was infinite space around everything. Nothing's not here, right? <laughs> but that you had a part, a little tiny percentage that was going, yeah, and if we notice this, we can feel sure that like this serves this other purpose that is sourced in maybe some trauma. Yeah, and that part is so and one way i can really know that feel into the difference is attachment to outcomes and attachment to outcomes with the other person the the version the the energy that it was grounded in has no attachment to me seeing that me saying it and what impact that has there's no attachment to that whatsoever there's no intentionality behind seeing it i'm seeing it I don't look at the sky and see the sky in order to validate the sky. I just see the sky, right? Or to make the sky not go away. I just see it. The first moment, that first, that self-led, realized, healed perspective, whatever words you want to put on that, has no attachment to anything to come from it. It's just what I see. And I just see the truth of that moment. That is what's here. And I'm in relationship with you as that's here. And I have feelings and that's all here. It's all part of the way. That's true. The second part that says, eh, oh, let me grab onto that awareness and let me use it in some way. Almost like an energetic lasso that, oh, if I say this and if I act this way towards Jess and, sh and if I make sure Jess feels that I'm including her, then maybe Jess will change. I mean, that's the, that, that's where it, that's where that, if you want to call it codependency, that's where the old un, unrealized, maybe immature, we could use a lot of different words because it's just all, it's just all development. These are all just stages of development. That's helpful for me to to perceive it that way and name it that way because it's not good and not bad. It is just more mature. And yeah, I'll stop there. But I, I felt like it would be valuable to flesh what I just said out. Yeah, the other thing that, again, a little more content-y, but it feels good to, to name this clearly, is... The parts that are scared, more scared. Fear creates agenda and attachment. It's in some ways as simple as that, but it's also very complicated to actually be in the middle of it. And yeah. Yeah. So I feel curious about the why. I don't know if that feels like the next thing for you or if you have other stuff, but. No, it, it, it does. Yeah, let's, this seems like a good shifting point and probably a break point from part one of this episode to part two. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. We will be back next Sunday with part two. 
Hej och.